Welcome to QCO, guys. This is episode 10, and uh, we're excited to bring you some special content today for Holy Week. Um, and this episode today is uh, featuring a, a special guest, Nico Anglais. Um, Nico is a servant of the word and friend and respected elder of ours. Um, he also um, uh, used to work for UCO and has done a lot for University Christian Outreach as a whole. So we're excited to hear from him, what he has to say about Easter and how to celebrate well um, and yeah. engage well with this season. Yeah. One of the, one of the main things we ended up talking about in this episode is just the act of celebration, the different things that it demands from us, the importance of it, um, us being an Easter people and how can that mark us in, I think, special ways. Uh, and so we're recognizing that this is kind of a strange time for a lot of us, that we're all in pretty different situations. Some of you might be at home with your family that aren't believers, or some of you might be living with just a couple other people. Uh, some of you might just be on your own. Some of you might be, you know, parents living, you know, with your family and leading your family right now. And one of the things that we want to encourage you is uh, try to celebrate with those around you. Uh, Easter is that one of the things that Nico says is that uh, celebration is a communal experience. Uh, and don't, let's not try to get too caught up with just trying to celebrate through Skype calls or uh, Zoom meetings or things like that, but actually try to focus with those around us and think creatively uh, for how mm-hmm. we can be celebrating together. Mm. And so for these next, uh, these next few days here, we've got um, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, we have Saturday and then Easter Sunday. Um, we want to hear more about how you guys uh, celebrate those, recognize those times in your families or in your church traditions. What are some ways that you really find helpful to think about the death and resurrection of the Lord, to really allow it to mark your life and be deeper in you. So you can always send us a, an email at qcopodcast at gmail.com. And we love emails. Yeah, we do. I love <laughs> reading your emails. So please send any thoughts you have about celebrating well, about recognizing the depth of the season, um, different experiences that you have. I didn't grow up with this sort of thing. Um, and I've found a lot of fruit in it. So I personally want to hear a lot about your experiences. So shoot us an email and be quick to tell us what you think. Well, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show, Nico. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if you could just kind of tell us a bit and tell the listeners a bit about yourself and, um, yeah, who you are. Yeah, so I am a servant of the word. I'm a part of this uh, ecumenical missionary brotherhood that's uh, based in uh, in Michigan, actually here in Ann Arbor. I my main my main role uh, in this brotherhood is to help with the formation process. So when guys are looking into our life, they come and they spend a couple of years in my house, and, nice. um, teach some courses, and help them with discernment. Uh, for many years, I uh, was the ECO director. That's uh, right. I really am glad to have some connection with you guys. Yeah. Really love UCO. So it's good to be connected. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I grew up I grew up in France and uh, I moved to oh. the states for uh, my college years and um, been been here ever since. So. Awesome. Yeah, we're standing on your on your shoulders in UCO. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. 
you've laid some some work down for us yeah it's great to have you nico um so as we all know it's holy week um we're in uh easter is coming it's on very soon sunday is coming um, (laughs) we're very excited for it um but yeah nico we thought we'd had you have you on just to talk a bit about your experience with this week with um celebrating easter and uh uh, just some th- wanted to give you a space to share some of your thoughts with us. Um, so to start out, there's this word um, not everyone might be familiar with, uh, triduum. It's kind of the, as I understand it, just the, the three days before um, Easter Sunday. But Nico, could you give any sort of explanation for that or what those days are? Yeah, yeah. So the word, the word triduum uh, simply means three days. It's the Latin word for three days. And, wow. Uh, wow, that's and it refers to kind of the, the special, the special three days, the kind of the most important three days of the Christian year. Um, that's kind of a, the perspective. So it's um, Good Friday, <clears throat> Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. Mm, um, okay. And if you if you take the Jewish, the Jewish approach to time, which starts you know at sundown the day before, you can you can kind of say well the the triduum starts. Uh, with sunset at uh, on Thursday night and goes through uh, through sunrise of uh, of or sunset of Sunday night. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I lost my numbers. Now. But anyway, you you can get the feel. It's, it's Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. <laughs> okay. And this is this is something that I mean. This word isn't used by all church traditions, right? It's kind of. Yeah, I I think it's a I think it's a more uh, Roman Catholic word. Um, so it's used it's used in the West and in the in the Roman uh, sort of tradition of of the Catholic Church. Um, it's uh, it, it's really seen as the kind of the high feast of of the year that starts with Good Friday and ends with uh, Easter Sunday. In some right. ways, th- those three days they represent what's at the heart of our Christian faith, that is, the suffering, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm, amen. And so there's right. something of taking these three days to kind of recognize this is the most important time of history in some ways. Mm. I, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because I grew up in like a mainline Protestant tradition, and I had never heard anything about even, uh, even like Holy Thursday or I knew sort of like Good Friday, you know, and, uh, and that was about it, you know, I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, that's the day Jesus is crucified. Um, but then this word like triduum, uh, (laughs) did I just say that right? (laughs) I think so. Triduum. Triduum. (laughs) I I hadn't heard that until like last week. So I feel wildly out of my depth, but it's been really (laughs) cool to live in ecumenical community and, like just live, especially living alongside brothers who, uh, you know, have this sort of in their background and have, you know, recognized this, celebrated this, um, for a long time. And I've, I found it to be pretty sweet to get into it myself. So mm-hmm. it's been super fruitful. We, we had a poll going, uh, with the host of QCO about how cool the word Triduum is. It's a cool word. And it came out very <laughs> high. It ranked very high. But yeah, I like I like what you said there, Nico. It's I mean, this word isn't used by all Christians, but um, this time, at least this season, it's it's really common ground that we can stand on 
of, uh, yeah, the death and resurrection of Jesus and marking exactly. that time. I mean, that's something we all profess faith in. That's the core of the faith for all of us, you know? So Yeah. I think it's I think it's also fascinating to see just the, the diversity and the richness of the different churches and how how they celebrate and how they emphasize the different elements of this central truth of our faith. And, you know, the Eastern Church does some things very interestingly. Uh, a number of the Protestant traditions will highlight different parts mm-hmm. of the three days in ways that's different from the Roman Catholics. Um, it's, there's really a, a very rich diversity. And so I think it's important to recognize our, our churches do do some things that are very helpful for us. And however way we're able to connect with those, I think it's, it can be very rich uh, personally and individually. Nico, would you, would you be up for sharing maybe some of your own experiences of observing, you know, those three days around Easter, some things that you found helpful in celebrating them? Yeah, you know, it's interesting kind of growing up, um, you know, Easter Sunday was kind of the, we, we did something on Good Friday, and then Easter Sunday was really the big day. And uh, usually we went to two church services um, with my with my mom and with That's my dad, because right. I, I grew up in a, in an ecumenical family. Um, but since I've been an adult and sort of been connected with UCO, I think really UCO kind of opened, opened uh, kind of a newer and kind of a broader understanding of how to celebrate. And um, my experience, especially as I moved into households, was, oh, wow, we can do a lot more together to sort of highlight the different elements of this feast. And, um, and it was really a, a discovery, I think, during my student and, it's, and even after, uh, when I moved into households, after I graduated, sort of recognizing the, the richness of both the, in some ways, the solemnity and the uh, somberness of Good Friday, mm-hmm. but also the the movement from looking at the suffering and understanding what sort of my own cross is as mm-hmm. I look at Jesus's life, to the silence of Jesus being in the tomb, to then the great joy and life and light of the resurrection and everything that that means in terms of worship and a certain kind of explosion of life that's uh, amazing and unbelievable. Mm. And my my experience of household life was entering into these kind of different elements and recognizing, oh, there's a progression, there's a movement here that fits, that really fits what what the central truth is, which is we have a God who really has suffered because of me. And who has called me to follow him, and he has entered into death, into the great uh, silence of the grave, and he's invited me to follow him. Mm. And he is he has triumphed, and he has beat it in some ways. It, so it gives me hope that I can I can now face my death and not be afraid, uh, knowing yeah. that there's life beyond. Amen. Well, that's well put. Yeah, that's a great description of the arc of these three days around Easter. You know, it talk, right. it, we start out with the suffering of the cross and then the silence of of Saturday where he's in the tomb, Christ is in hell, defeating the power of death and sin, and yeah. then the joyous explosion of life. I loved how you yeah. explained that, Nico. I think one of the one of the big uh challenges is that we that we not look backwards. 
yes. and not try to sort of look at this as a reenactment, like, okay, because right. some of our churches can be very sort of dramatic about it. There can be a lot of like emotion connected to it. And so we can sort of feel, feel a little bit like spectators, like, oh, here we go. It's that, it's that play again. Mm. And I think, I think in order for us to celebrate well, we need to see this as, no, this is for now. This is for my life. These truths, as I look at the life of Christ, are for me right now. And so what is God telling me about the suffering that I encounter? What is the shape of my cross, and will I embrace it and take it up? What does my death look like, and how can I embrace mm-hmm. death, whether it's in the daily ways or my final death, you know? Yeah. Um, and what is this new life that I've really received? And am I living fully in it? Am I appreciating it? Am I, uh, am I part of a people uh, that is about joy and about freedom from slavery? Amen. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful, Nico. I think what you're saying too just makes it all more real, the, the idea of the Lord turning our mourning into dancing and our sorrows into joys. Yeah, just like identifying with the cross like you're suggesting, actually brings that new life and that resurrection to our lives as well mm. when we choose to identify with the death of Christ. I also like the way that you emphasized the uh, the role of the house or like your immediate, the people surrounding you immediately. And I wonder maybe mm. what do we think are like practical ways, you know, in, in the quarantine, in our current lives, how can we be celebrating the Triduum, these three days around Easter and marking that as a family. It's, it goes back to Mark Kinzer's interview where he was talking about the Jewish approach of putting the emphasis on the family for, yeah, for yeah. the worship life of the people. So I'd love to hear some of that, Nico, maybe. What what um, what are some things that you've either learned to do or learned to experience as a household of believers that you find helpful? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I think it's very difficult to celebrate on your own. Yeah. Um, that's a great it's, point. It, you know, ce- celebration has this, it's got a communal element to it. Um, and it's, it's actually very hard to be, to be solo celebrating. I, I think it's, I think it's possible, but it's much more limited. Whereas yeah. I think when we're with others and even it does, it, ha- it can, it can be just one other person, you know? Um, but I think there's a, there's a real communal and familial sense of how celebration works. Um, and a little bit like many things in the Christian life, if we can't do it well with those whom we are closest to, then are we, are we being genuine? Can we really do it at all? You know? Hmm. And so, you know, one of my reflections on this strange, uh, worldwide situation that we're in is where we have an opportunity to be, to be with the people that we live with in a new way. And I think celebration is a good is a good thing for us to do together. And yeah. I think there's an opportunity here to, to express joy, express gratitude, uh, find ways to laugh, uh, find ways to enjoy good food. Nice. Uh, you know, think about how do we pray together uh, in a way that works. You know, obviously, if we live in a Christian household, that's easy to do. If we're if we're at home with our families and our families aren't Christian, I think there are. That's it's harder to pray together. Obviously, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. But it doesn't mean we can't do some celebration. From a human perspective, there's much 
to celebrate. There is much to give thanks to mm. uh, or thanks for. And, and I think Easter could be a way if you're if you're at home and your family isn't Christian. There's a way to bring Thanksgiving and bring uh, a certain closeness and expression of honor and, and value for these relationships, uh, even if the central truth of Christ can't be openly expressed. I think the truth of love and the importance of relationship and the gratitude for uh, the good life that we have is these are things that can be celebrated. There's something really interesting there because I think the world's idea of celebration often has to do with um, you know, a pretty individualistic outlook on what it is that you're doing. But what you're talking about there is bringing celebration in a way that's actually like a service to the people around you. Um, I don't know, you know, Nico, if you have any more thoughts on that, on the role of service in celebrating um, the way that, you know, we've given over our lives to the people around us as a, as a sacrifice to the Lord, you know, how do we balance that? Yeah. You know, one, one thought that comes to mind is that celebration is work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that can sound a little funny, but I think if we celebrate well, it actually takes, it takes work to do that. Mm. And I think our, I think our, our secular and modern view is, hey, celebration is meant to just be fun. And so how could it possibly be work? Because work can't be fun. Mm. And so we're like, okay, well, let's take a step back and say, if we're going to celebrate well, we got to put some work into it. You know, there's some preparation that has to happen, you know, whether it's the physical space, whether it's the food, whether it's what we're going to do together and what we're going to express, whether it's performing or producing something. Um, I think, and so from that perspective, I'd say, I think there's a service element there of saying, okay, well, I can take, I can take the lead in doing some things that will make our celebration good. And if all of us contribute something and the celebration is all the better, um, and there's a certain selfless, I think, aspect to how celebration is meant to work. That is, we all got to give in, give to it and lean in versus just be consumers of it. So celebration should tire us out. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I think it should. And I think it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true. I find that. It, it both, I think it both tires us, but also refreshes us because um, there's something of setting our, our gaze, our attention, our mind on truth and beauty that refreshes and restores us. I'm sure that's a word for families in particular. I can't imagine, you know, we're all speaking as single men living with other men, you know, more of our age. And we, it's, it's always easier for us to celebrate, but for like moms and dads out there, like, I think there's a real work that parents have to put into actually helping their families celebrate well. So just want to encourage, you know, all of the, our listeners who are parents, uh, you know, work at that, actually look to... Mm support your family in that way. Maybe if you're living at home with your parents that are going to be celebrating and you're, you know, their son or daughter, see how you can chip in and actually help carry that weight to actually celebrate well, offer oh. to make a nicer meal or something, or maybe like offer to like all learn a song together or mm. something like that, you know, learn an Easter hymn yeah. and, oh. and like practice as a family or something like that. We used to do that yeah. in, the, in the dorms around Easter and Christmas. We used to put a little choir together and 
and, oh, and like perform and we'd have to practice and like work at it. And I'd always ask myself, it's always like in final time, finals time. And I would think it would be a lot easier if we didn't have to like start practicing with this group of people that don't really know how to <laughs> sing. But every time we would then sing uh, at a prayer meeting or at, in a gathering of UCO people, uh, it would really kind of elevate our worship because it'd be something mm, yeah. unique and special. Uh, but it would take work. So I think Nico, that point's very important. Uh, be, yeah. Let's be ready to to step up in that way to celebrate well. Mm. That sounds a lot more satisfying too. I mean, I'd rather do that than sort of shoot for aimlessness yeah. in your celebration. I mean, that's just not satisfying. There's something about putting yeah. work in together and being side by side with you know your brothers and sisters as you celebrate that. I mean, I appreciate a lot more. I've really, my sort of one of my reflections on like even being in lockdown for the last couple of weeks with the guys in my house is that there's actually something that we have to, you know, go shoulder to shoulder against in a certain way and stand up for one another and actually Mm. be there for one another in a way that we weren't before. And I actually have found that to be really amazing for our relationships in the house and even for you know, the people that I've been calling, reaching out to, uh, talking to over the phone or over mm-hmm. Zoom or whatever. Um, and it, it strikes me as maybe celebration is this sort of dynamic as well. Nico, um, it's it's often said of Christians, you hear this term thrown out a lot, that we're an Easter people. And I know that for churches that follow liturgical calendar, Easter's a season of 50 days. It's not just the one, the one off Sunday where you, you know, have a ham and celebrate. Um, but I'm kind of wondering what does it mean to be an Easter people? And especially in this current season and in the midst of the coronavirus, um, how do we let that be our focus and how do we let that come to life in our lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. You know, I think, I think one of the central truths of Easter, you know, Easter is, is something, you know, the word in English for Easter, um, we don't, we don't get the connection, but in many other languages, the word for Easter is Passover or Pasqua or Bakr. It's, yeah. it's connected to the word for Passover. And so Easter really is the Christian Passover. And I hardly say that because the central um, reality of the Passover for the Jewish people is that they were led from Egypt into uh, into the wilderness and into the promised land. Um, and so God uh, delivered them and set them free. And I think Easter really for us is a season of expressing our freedom and being able to say we have been freed from death and from the fear of death. And so Easter, in many ways, is a, a season for us to express our confidence in God. And as I was reflecting a little bit on just uh, the situation with uh, this pandemic, is that, you know, many people see this as, you know, here's death. I don't know what to do with this. People are dying around me. Uh, people close to me are dying. I don't know what to do with this. And I think as an Easter people... It's, it's right for us to speak truth about death, but death is not the end. Death is not worth fearing. Amen. In fact, uh, God has far more beyond death because he has defeated death. And so Amen. death is a, 
death is the Red Sea to cross through. It's death is what our baptism takes us into. We are baptized into Christ's death. But, but, but we have so much more on the other side. And mm. Easter is a is a reminder of what's on the other side and a participation in some ways of the freedom that is on the other side. And I think that's something yeah. we have to give to others. And the yes. Easter season can be a good time, especially at this time of fear of saying, don't be afraid. Uh, Christ has won the victory and uh, we don't have to be afraid about death. Amen. You know, uh, a couple other thoughts on celebration and the Easter season. Um, one is that it's 50 days, which is longer than the 40 days of the preparation that leads into Easter. That's right. And there's yeah. something of that difference in time that says, okay, we're we're meant to linger and be present in that celebration longer than we are in the preparation and the self-denial that comes from getting ready for the feast. Mm. And I think there's something in that distinction that's that's really good. And so it means we we have to we have to learn how to celebrate. Uh, you know, over the long haul. And so Easter week is often kind of a, a high point. You have a week of a bit more intense celebration. But then we've got, you know, another another 40 days almost beyond Easter week that leads up to Pentecost. And so thinking a bit about how do we celebrate in an ongoing way, knowing that celebration takes work, you know? Wow. How do we sustain our work of joy and our work of gratitude and our work of freedom and living in that freedom? That that takes a bit of creativity and thinking. Yeah, it's a good point. My my other thought is um, just to say too that while celebration takes work, it also takes money, and sometimes mm. people people want to celebrate on the cheap. And I think I think it works better if we're ready to invest our resources, not simply of time, but nice. also of money. That's In a good my point experience, too. Even living a simple life is that. We're, we're willing to spend some money on good food, good drink, uh, flowers, decorations, you know, these kinds of things, um, because it helps us celebrate and it's worthwhile. Wow. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. One of the things, Nico, a few years ago that I started to do that uh, got me a lot of strange looks was I was trying... All through the 50 days of Easter, I would still say like, happy Easter to people or greet them and say he is risen and try to actually keep that reality more on the like forefront of huh. our vocabulary because it's interesting. We do it you know, during Easter week mm. oftentimes or just on Sunday, but then it kind of dies off even when we're still in the celebration time. And so <laughs> try that. I, it's kind of a fun way to throw people off, but also to call them back to the reality that we're still in this Easter season you know, 50 days all before Pentecost. Man, I'm getting way more excited for my birthday on May 19th. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Easter. (laughs) Yeah. Nico, one of the reasons we got you on this podcast is because you're kind of known around uh, our circles as the celebration guy. The party guy. Yeah, the party guy. Uh, You have a reputation of being able to celebrate well. How do you think you kind of ended up with that, with this kind of uh, reputation attached to you? You know, I'm I'm really puzzled by how I've acquired this reputation because I'm I'm a I'm not exactly a very uh, extroverted guy, and I'm not exactly a guy a loud sort of in charge of the party and uh, in the middle at the center of the party kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny that I've sort of acquired this. I suspect um, it's the Frenchness in me that nice. has sort of 
uh, sort of gotten the upper hand. People tend to think of the French as knowing how to do food and drink very well, and that's a key component of celebration. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I think, I think celebration is is really a, a a fun thing to do, and I think it's something we have to be creative with. And, yeah. um You know, every now and then we bring in French engineers to design this for us. (laughs) That's how I I get asked. (laughs) That's great. Um, Nico, thanks so much for coming on and um, sharing with us your reflections and thoughts. I've just been really encouraged by what you've had to say. And it's pretty amazing to see how Easter, um, just how brightly it shines, uh, in comparison with what we're experiencing right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thank you. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great yeah. to have you, Nico. Well, to all our listeners, we hope that you guys are able to celebrate Easter. Well, um, live in the light of the gospel in the joy of the gospel, uh, in the joy of Christ's death and resurrection for, for each of you and each of us. So that's us for today. And thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.